0: I'm only human, after all, and you're only human, after all, don't put the blame on me. Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 69, verses 7 through 10 and 16 through 18. It is for your sake that I have borne reproach that shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my kindred, an alien to my mother's children. It is zeal for your house that has consumed me, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When I humbled my soul with fasting, they insulted me for doing so. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to me, redeem me, set me free because of my enemies. Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 12 through 17 But they say it is no use, we will follow our own plans and each of us will act according to the stubbornness of our evil will. Therefore thus says the Lord, ask among the nations, who has heard the like of this? The virgin Israel has done a most horrible thing. Does the snow of Lebanon leave the crags of Syrian? Do, do the mountain waters run dry, the cold flowing streams? But my people have forgotten me. They burn offerings to a delusion. They have stumbled in their ways in the ancient roads and have gone into bypass, not the highway, making their land a horror, a thing to be hissed at forever. All who pass by it are horrified and shake their heads. Like the wind from the east, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back, not my face, in the day of their calamity. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 5 through 9 Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels. But someone has testified somewhere. What are human beings that you are mindful of them, or mortals that you care for them? You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now, in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, not crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Good morning and welcome to the third Thursday of after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the, Noc- from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. I'm tripping over a lot this morning. Uh, this morning's readings come to us from Psalm 70 minus 1, as my mom would say, verses 7 through 10 and 16 through 18, and then uh, Jeremiah 18 and Hebrews 2. Um, the uh, the Isaiah passage, I'm sorry, the Jeremiah passage is this kind of long um, uh, reflection on God being angry and um, upset that... Um, Israel has turned on him. Um, but in Hebrews, something caught my eye. Um, and I did a study on this. The, the, um, the subtitle in the NRSV, which doesn't exist in the actual text, but it's helpful for English speakers, um, is exaltation through abasement. In other words, um, making, one, making oneself low in order to be made high. Um, and the author, which the early church thought was Paul, but uh, most modern scho- scholars think is probably someone else, possibly even a Gentile, who just knew a whole lot about the Jewish faith and um, was converted. Um, but the the part that interests me is this um, crowned with glory and honor. Um, and on the one hand the author is reflecting on somewhere else in verses 6, 7, and 8, um, speaking of human beings um, that for just a little while lower, they were made lower than than the angels, but that humans have been crowned with glory and honor um, and subjecting all things under their feet. Um, And the author says, we see Jesus, who was made for a little while lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. Um, and I imagine the lower than the angels occurred when he was being crucified um, because that's as low as you can get, which is to be made subject to the whims of anybody and everybody, um, including human beings. Um, and this this theme that I'm I hope to develop more in my next book, um, the, that um, God is a grunt, um, that glory and honor actually, um, if, if the New Testament is our starting point, our, our litmus test for what glory and honor means, it has very much to do with suffering. Um, that it is this paradoxical thing whereby um, suffering is what brings Christ glory and honor. And it's, you know, it's kind of, it fits in with the, um, the idea that the wisdom of the world is foolish to Christians or vice versa. Basically, everything you think you know is upside down. If you think like, I don't know, Eddie Gallagher is worthy of glory and honor because I don't know what, um, Jesus comes along and says, no, actually, uh, that little boy that he stabbed in the neck, that's what it means to um, be crowned with glory and honor. Um, and there's something about suffering, um, something about um, persevering or not persevering, expiring, that is something uh, godlike. like um, Not only do we see that in Jesus, but in um, after God has become angry with all creation and he destroys it with a flood, he puts an archer's bow in the sky. And the archer's bow... Um, is pointed up at the sky toward, ostensibly for people we think God is in heaven up above, um, this archer's bow is pointed up at God. And there's a, there's something about suffering that makes God uniquely God and that makes us more like God, like Jesus, in sharing in that suffering. Um, and that glory and honor is due the one who endures and suffers um, the most. Uh, and that's this is why martyrdom was such uh, an integral feature of the early church. And a lot of saints um, afterward really sought martyrdom, some much more overtly than others. Like Francis, he wanted to be martyred because that is how you could be like Christ. That's what imitation looked like, is to be killed in hatred of your faith. And so he goes off and tries to convert the sultan in the middle of the fifth crusade um and somehow he's he's crowned with the stigmata the first person to um to be subjected to that um i don't know, i don't know if i'd call it tradition but anyway um and it i've i began thinking this way about glory and suffering recently my my mom who was raised lutheran um kind of fell away in in college and then had a son that became a Bible thumper. But um, I was having a talk with her. uh, I think it was my post-deployment leave, like right after I got home from Iraq. We were talking, um, and I I was asking her about God and what she thought about God. And she said, you know, I think God is, um, uh, suffers with compassion. That's what makes God God. And it got me thinking about this. It got me thinking about my conception of God, which is something like, or at least my conception of nonviolence, Christian nonviolence, which is something like Cool Hand Luke. Paul Newman in Cool Hand Luke is, uh, he gets arrested, goes to a, a chain gang, and this big, you know, hoss of a fellow, um, who needs to be top dog, needs to assert dominance, so he's beating up Paul Newman. And Paul Newman doesn't hit him back. And the guy keeps saying, you know, fight back, fight back, and stay down, because he knocks him to the ground. And Paul Newman's character, Luke, um, just keeps standing up, doesn't say a word, doesn't strike back, he just keeps getting up. And that, to me, represents um, uh, something something like Christian nonviolence, um, where it's this perseverance and this... The representative of what we think about strength and power, represented by this big guy, um, he eventually breaks down and starts crying or something. And Paul Newman's character becomes the new top dog because because this other guy, I can't remember his name, has like, he's broken down and cried like a baby because he couldn't beat somebody up. Um, And back to this conversation with my mom, she said, you know, I think God suffers with compassion, and that's what That's what God means for her. And I thought about my understanding of strength. How we think strength is like that top dog, the the big guy, the prisoner that was beating up Paul Newman. But strength, uh, at least in English, has a dual meaning. It's how much you can take. It's hardiness. Um, That's why I really harp on humility and hardiness uh, and what it means to be a grunt and why I think Jesus sure looks a lot like a grunt. Um, glory and honor um, comes mystically, I suppose, through not trying to grasp at it, not trying to be the top dog, not trying to be the best, not trying to overcome others um, through force, but um, uh, the ability to persevere, the strength is maybe sure. You know the the idiom about God creating a rock so big that God couldn't lift it. Um, but to me, a much more interesting question is: um, Can God uh, uh, shoulder pain so great that God cannot bear it? And I don't think that I don't think that's possible. I think one thing that makes God God from the beginning of the world is um, to be willing to give up something of God's self and face and suffer the consequences. So He makes creatures. Uh, crowns them with glory, who can, you know, kick him in the shins, poke his eyes out, run off with other lovers, and God will remain faithful. Um, God does remain faithful. And that, to me, is what makes, um, helps me make sense of looking at Christ in everything that Christ did, including his death and resurrection, to be crowned with glory and honor and still be this kind of character. A lot of, um, I don't know, kind of very masculine friends of mine have difficulty imagining Jesus as anything but some kind of, like, if there's this image in my head that actually exists of, like, Jesus with long hair and a beard in the boxing ring, and that's, like, they're and he's, like, buff. Um, and I think, like, people like Mark Driscoll or somebody said, like, I don't want a wimpy Jesus, um... Well, there's a difference between wimpy and long-suffering. This Paul Newman character. There's a reason that he's made top dog by a bunch of prisoners, you know, felons. Um, and so I think that to to find glory and honor, we have to be prepared to be lower than the angels, to be lower than others, um, because that, if we read the Bible and we we take it as a whole. There's something in being in lowering ourselves that makes our that makes us more um, glorious and more representative of um, of God's love and and action in, in a broken world that God continues to put up with and sustain and and love unconditionally. Prayer in Times of Conflict from the Book of Common Prayer O God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.